0: Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional hello everyone welcome back to the six hats podcast and it's an absolute honor to have dr swati Mukherjee with us today now she is an interventional cardiologist specializing in coronary intervention and heart disease in women. Now that's something we haven't talked much about on the 6 Hats podcast, so I was so excited to hear that Swati has specialised in this and she has made the time for this podcast. Now, a bit more about Dr Swati, she's one of only 17 female interventional cardiologists in Australia and New Zealand, and as a result she's part of a national leadership group working towards gender equity in cardiology. She's also a senior lecturer in the Faculty of Medicine at Monash University and a supervisor of medical students at the Notre Dame University at Cabrini. Now her clinical research commitments include age and gender-based issues in cardiology, which we're gonna dive into in today's podcast. Now she's also completed her PhD at Monash University and training at the Alfred and then received a fellowship in interventional cardiology at the Hull and East Yorkshire NHS Trust in the UK.
1: So welcome Swati. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So Swati, we were
0: having a bit of a chat before this podcast and I did not realize there's a stark difference between men and women's health, especially when it comes to cardiology. And I'd love for us to start, like what are the major factors impacting women's health and in terms of cardiology today?
1: Look, I think in general, it is, uh, you're not alone. It is under recognised, and we have actually shown in metropolitan Melbourne, women's heart disease is under recognised. People who present with STEMI, so the the big heart attacks, the patient recognising the symptom to getting to the emergency department is longer for women than men. And when they even when they get to the emergency department, to getting to the cath lab to get things done, the times longer. So in metropolitan Melbourne, it is you can see that. Patients underrecognize, and so do doctors. So it's across the spectrum. We underrecognize uh, women's heart, heart disease, and that's often. It's multifactorial. No one, uh, you know, intentionally says, oh, you're presented, you, you know, you're a woman, I'm not going to do it. It is because women present at- atypically. So they don't necessarily always present with that crushing central chest pain that is being described. So it's important to, I think we're increasingly starting to to say or to, to teach that chest pain is not the same as pain in chest. So it's not always... Women often present with non-specific symptoms like nausea or shortness of breath or just feeling unwell. So it's, it's important to have your antenna up. So if they've got risk factors, then it is important to delve into it because they, spend, they present often atypically.
0: That makes so much sense because we even talked about it. And I actually recall in my training how many times did I think about heart attack if I saw young women, especially in their 40s. And when I look back at my training, we just saw many, many men maybe over 60s, and that's, yes, they all presented with that typical chest pain, because I remember one of my intern jobs, or I was doing it in the UK, literally I was working for a cardiologist, and that's literally who we saw day in, day in, out of that crushing left-sided chest pain. That's what we saw. So when I heard about this, it's so interesting, because that's the first picture you come into our mind is chest pain, and then you think heart. But if you're thinking, you know, shortness of breath, tiredness, fatigue, which is actually commonly seen, seen, we may not be thinking of heart. And are we also seeing them at a younger age? So for example, women in their 40s?
1: So we are. And often the etiology is slightly different. So again, sort of it's important that not all heart attacks are atherosclerotic in etiology. So in women, particularly in young in women, we see a lot of uh, subacute coronary artery dissection, which has been missed in the past. So this is often post-pregnancy, or if they've had uh, immediate stressors or something like that, they can dissect, get dissection in the coronary arteries. So that's common in young women. The other thing that we see is uh, Takotsubo's, which is because of so immediate stressors or something where they've had a heart attack, but no sync coronary artery disease. And both of those are common in women. Having said that, women also have the same sort of risk factors as men. So they will. the younger women often have got significant traditional risk factors like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, elevated BMI. So those things are common. And, and the other marker that we are increasingly starting to recognize, which are women specific, would be women who've had metabolic complications of pregnancy. So women who've had gestational diabetes, gestational hypertension or preeclampsia, we understand now very clearly that what these are women who are at high risk of heart disease. It's just these people are at risk of the diabetes, hypertension and pregnancy just unmasks it. So the theory that we've always had that Yes, you've had preeclampsia, you've delivered the baby, preeclampsia is gone, you're well and off you go, it's no longer right. So these are women we now increasingly educate to say that you do need to go and have your blood pressure and cholesterol and all of those things checked at least every two years, if not every annually. So those are the sort of things that, you know, we are increasingly aware of now and there is more and more data to show that that helps.
0: That's actually really helpful because I'm actually thinking, number of women I used to look after women in pregnancy, and you're absolutely right. You know, I did see many with preeclamps and high blood pressure, and we normally forget about it because babies born, they're busy, they've got their lives to lead, and almost we forget to go back to risk factors and this is such an important note to make actually and even for any doctors or practitioners listening that's such an important because we can pick it up early because often the family gp is looking after you for years and so you start from when you're pregnant delivering the child and then onwards so that's such a great point to make and if you could explain slightly more about takasubo not many patients uh, not many of my listeners would be familiar with that because it's also known as broken heart syndrome is that right yeah
1: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it is known as, it is commonly called the broken heart syndrome. It is, it, it's thought to be common in women and especially sometimes after a significant emotional stressor. And pathophysiology is not clearly understood but it is thought to be an adrenergic response which spasms out of the arteries and so they often have reasonably massive heart attacks but they don't have and their muscle is affected but they don't have coronary blockages. The last lady I had had a, a fire in her house, uh, starter, and in that setting developed central crushing chest pain and, and presented. You see it sometimes post-operatively after a big uh, surgery. So those are the often the sort of stressors that will precipitate. The treatment is usually, apart from, you know, the fact that they don't need stents or anything, is as you would treat a normal heart attack. So you would put them on those sort of medications uh, similar to beta blockers and statins and all of those sort of things and look after the risk factors if they have blood pressure or cholesterol. So you treat them like a proper heart attack, although they don't have a blockage. Yeah. So interesting to say that.
0: I actually have a patient who had Takasubo and she was in her 60s. And due to the fact she lost her long, you know, lost a husband after many, many years of marriage. And it's so true, isn't it? We just don't know how it can affect someone, that level of stress and the impact it it has. And it's actually one of my questions, but you kind of answered it actually, because, you know, Six Hats is all about stress and how it affects our body. And we often think it's just so innocent and mindlessness know the impact on the gut, impact on mental health, but how often do we talk about the impact on heart health? And you've explained it beautifully, how it can actually cause a heart attack, that level of stress, which we find actually can't hard to believe sometimes.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it is. I mean, it is difficult because we, we sometimes write it off, like, particularly women, you know, things like being busy, being tired, being fatigued, being stressed. It's just normal, you know, it's just, well, it's another day, you know. So it, it is, but it is something to be mindful of for sure.
0: Absolutely. Which kind of leads me on to my next question about the factors impacting women's health. For example, are they just working full time? They've got a lot more roles that they are playing. Could you elaborate a bit more on that, Swati?
1: Mm -hmm. Look, I, th- I think we do play a broader role for sure, y- you know, as much as we work towards gender parity, and most of us have supportive partners um, and uh, it's, it's, however, you know, at the end of the day, though, there is a, when you're a mother and you're working, it's, um, some of the roles do automatically default, either default to you or you take it up as, you know, because you think, oh, no one's going to do a better job than me, <laughs> this. you know, or, or there's a bit of guilt associated with it, am I, oh, am I, what am I doing to my child, you know, all of those sort of things, at least personally, I I often felt, I still remember, you know, handing over my child to, to her carer and walking back to work six months into, particularly after my second child. And you kind of think, I hope I'm not destroying this child's life, you know, doing this, looking after myself. So it is very personal. So we do take these things on. And I think in some ways it is about finding the balance, finding understanding. And none of us do that well. I don't claim to say that, you know, I do it well, but it's just something that we need to be mindful of. I mean, if you think about it, we, I think I briefly mentioned to you, but we recently did a study uh, with uh, women with non-traditional risk factors. So there were women in their forties that were invited to come for a checkup in a women's heart clinic. And we made it multidisciplinary so that they were not going from, they're not having to go between doctor to doctor or any allied health. So we had a dietitian, psychologist, a nurse, you know, all seeing them in the same setting. So these were perfectly well women who'd had previous complications of pregnancy. So preeclampsia or gestational diabetes, almost 25% of them were hypertensive. Wow untreated. So one in four. It's not. And remember that these were women we advertised in sort of through Monash. So Monash University, the hospitals that people have delivered in. So there are often, and these people responded to advertising, which means they're already in some ways there is a bias because they are, they are concerned about their health enough that they've actually responded to a thing to say, oh, come get checked. So this is already probably a little bit more educated cohort. And these are these are women often who take their children to GPs, you know, multiple, multiple times, but they've obviously never got checked themselves. And we found significant proportion to be hypertensive, not treated. And we found uh, diabetics and people with high lipids, all of those things not treated, but yeah. That's incredible. And do you know what, that's a
0: really important message to convey because when you were saying all of that I go this is such a great reminder because how often you're so right like take the kids to the GP but how often do you go and get checked or do you wait for something to happen before getting checked and so this is such a beautiful reminder Swati that's awesome but i love for you to share a bit more of the specific women health clinics how you've created that team, is that related to the study that you're talking about? Or is there something separate that you're doing?
1: That was the concept that we were trying. And the study was really a concept, proof of concept that we we said that we get more compliance if we, if we do it in a, because these are well women otherwise, and they're busy women. So often they get, they're too busy to actually look after themselves. Whereas so if you can make life a little bit easier for them, and uh, not have, you know, appointments right when school drop off and all of those sort of things. If you just play with that, sort of make it easier, then we think that it uh, it makes compliance easier. So and, and certainly we had almost 100% follow up with the Women's Health Centre where we were and we did... Like on the once we had examined them and done all of the measurements and things like that, we could the dietitian follow ups and things like that. We said we'd do it on the phone after hours so that children have gone to bed, they can still have an hour to actually speak to the dietitian. And, and those little changes just meant that we got 100% compliance and people attended every visit and we got good results out of the study. So the Women's Heart Center is really going from that concept, we just do the same thing clinically because. It was really doing a clinic, which we measured outcomes of, was the research. I think what it
0: does, it sparks some great ideas to create women's clinics that actually cater for their needs in terms of time, efficiency. So this is a fantastic, fantastic idea as well. Now, Swati, before we let you go, you've briefly mentioned how you're juggling so many roles. I know you're a dedicated wife, mother, daughter, and this phenomenal cardiologist. How do you do it? How do you balance your day? What do you do?
1: I have to say that I'm not very good at it. I I'm like, being honest. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm bouncing from wall to wall and somehow I is so fast somewhere. Look, I think it's taken me a long time, but in sort of, I now say to you, the younger ones that we can have it all, but not at the same time. Love it. Yeah, I've heard that. Yes. Just about, you know, sometimes, you know, how you prioritise what you do. There was a time when your children are young where you might want to drop back a little bit to present, uh, you know, to spend that time with the kids if you don't have that support system or when you... but. I think the important thing is to be able to balance and not give up on the dream. You can do both. I think that's often people are told that you can't be a cardiologist and be a mother at the same time. I don't think that's true. I think it is possible. It's just about you prioritizing what you prioritize I'm thinking outside the box my much children have gone to hospitals on ward rounds actually today I saw someone with a you know with a male doctor on ward rounds obviously school holidays you know that brought them along and I could hear him saying you have to be very quiet
0: (laughs) sitting in the room somewhere yeah absolutely yeah so
1: So I think, you know, look, I don't think there's any magic formula. And I think that everyone's journey is different. And it's important to respect that within your journey, within your circumstances, within your financial capacity, and all of those things come into the play. But I think it's important just not to give up on the dream. And the other thing I would say that has worked really well for me is having good mentors, just someone to talk to. And there's so many times I've come close to sort of saying, I don't think I can do this. And someone just pats you on the back and says, you know, hang on a minute, just get up and go for a little bit. So I have to tell you that uh, when I had a kid, when I did my physician's exam and everybody said that you couldn't do cardiology. And so I, and cardiology is anyway competitive. So I applied for geriatrics as well, because, you know, that's just nine to five, you know, I won't have any on-call commitments and so on and so forth. And as it happens, I got both. And I just didn't know what to do because there was just such a strong sense of no, nah, it's not possible to do with a young kid. I did go up in the Alfred. You're you're given when you're doing your exams, you have a senior mentor, and I went up to Carolina and I said, you know, I was literally sort of blabbing my life story. I've got a kid, my husband's out of town, this, that, and the other, and he goes, stop, 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 Swati, so stop. What do you want to do? And I said, oh, cardiology in a heartbeat, you know, that's what I'd love to do. She goes, just grin and bear it. Two years ago, you know, and sometimes, you know, that little bit was enough to give me the confidence that I am who I am now. So those people are important. I think it's just having those people in your life who will help you along the way. I think that network, you know, Then we say that you just need a tribe of people behind you to, you know, to do what you do.
0: Absolutely. That support system is just key. Absolutely amazing, Swati. Before we let you go, where can patients find you?
1: So our main rooms at Cabrini, so in And but um, I do go down. We do have rooms at um, north in southeastern part in the north uh, North Downyong Noble Park area, and with the hope of supporting the cold community there. And I do go down to Gippsland, but you, you know our main rooms are the best way to contact us, and then they can go from there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Swati, for today.
0: Thank you remember that this is general advice only please see your healthcare professional for more information so what's your take-home message today remember it's all about progress and not perfection and are you suffering from stress visit the usawa learning hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress re-energize and reclaim your health enjoy the journey